Welcome to Force for Growth Live. I'm Ricardo. I'm Courtney. And today we have a very fun topic. We're going to be talking about Notes from a Friend, a book by Tony Robbins, and just going over some fun stuff. So let's get started. All right. Yes. Courtney, Notes from a Friend, Tony Robbins. Let me tell you why I love this book. Can I tell you why I love this book? I want to know. Okay. Typically, the Tony Robbins books are browbeaters. Like, they're hundreds of pages. They're browbeaters. I got two of them right there. I'm looking I was at them. I, I should have grabbed here. them because it's like 10 pounds itself. But yeah. They're, they're heavy. They're some heavy, heavy books. Notes from a friend. Look at how it is. Less than 100 pages. Yes. Boom. We love those. Less than 100 pages, but chock full packed of information and takeaways. Mm -hmm. So for all my people out there listening who've been thinking of going to an event, maybe they get intimidated by the big, thick books. This book is for you. This is a great 101 introductory book to the material of Tony Robbins. Yes, absolutely. Wonderful book. Wonderful book. Um, if you're in the Tony community and you want to get people engaged and teach them about Tony's material, this is the book. Yes. Tony Robbins, Note from a Friend, description, uh, link to Amazon will be down in the description. Yes. And as a friend that gave me this copy, thank you. I thank you. So, uh, yes. And so we're just going to go over our favorite tidbits in there. But if you have read it or if you've just been to a Tony seminar or any exposed to anything of his, just as you're listening to us, drop us your favorite wisdom. We're curious. We want to know. So we met through Tony Robbins. I guess we need to touch on that real quick. Ricardo and I met around October 2014, him and Jesse. Yes. I was lucky enough to become uh, friends of theirs and vice versa. And so just what a gift, right? Uh, but fast forward, here we are. And Anyway, I don't think we can list everything we've gotten from the more the community of Tony Robbins, but just a shout out and a thank you to everyone involved in Northex Firewalkers. And we've met over the years, you name it. Uh, but that's my quick thank you. So, and to you thank as well. Thank you, Courtney. So, the book starts off with Tony Robbins' Thanksgiving story. Now, I'll add that the Tony Robbins Foundation will donate these books to the basket brigades to put in the Thanksgiving baskets. Mm -hmm. So it's really appropriate that they lead off with his Thanksgiving story. Yes. So for those of you who don't know the story is he was young. He was living with an abusive dad and a stranger came to the door, knocked on his door and dropped off a basket of food. And then obviously he grew up. He always remembered that. And that's where he got his mission to feed families in need for Thanksgiving. Yeah. So that one guy who went to his house to deliver the food. I wonder if he has any idea how he changed the world. I've thought about that too. I wonder. I wonder. And it, what was touching to me is I didn't realize till I read this book, I a note from a friend. So when Tony himself started to start, the, he started his own ripple. He started feeding families every year for Thanksgiving and it's only grown since. But he would leave a note from a friend in the basket yes. and basically just say, Hey, you're loved, you're cared for, you're worthy. You deserve this. You, you know, all of the things that folks might need to hear. It's yes. notes from a friend. So I had a, it's just an appreciation for that title. Cause it, it means a lot to me. So what's your first takeaway, Courtney? Positive thinking is not enough. And I love that because 
so many times I did, Tony's misunderstood. I feel like I'm misunderstood, but just all these things, like it's just positive thinking and that couldn't be further from the truth. Right. So, um, he says here, well, I'm just going to cut to some of my favorite parts, but too many people though, forget their dreams when they face life's challenges. So I highlighted that for myself as well. So when times get hard, do you push your dreams, you know, completely over? But the problem is we get stuck in survival mode. We literally get stuck in survival mode. And then fast forward 20 years, we're still in survival mode when that was just a moment. And so he does break that down further. He says, but positive thinking alone is not enough to turn your life around. You must have some strategies, some step-by-step plans for changing how you think, how you feel, and what you do every single day you're alive. And I love that because it really highlights it's an ongoing commitment. This is a lifestyle. This is a marriage to a new thought pattern, right? Like it's something you're literally committing to for the rest of your life. So for those folks who do try something for a day or a week and are like, this doesn't work forever, it's not meant to. So stop, you know, that's just a reversal of that belief system back to, you know, come up with some strategies, some step-by-step plans, you know? So it just highlights that I'm in control of the strategies that I believe and set forth and follow and, you know, the belief system that I fall victim to or not, or it empowers me. Right. So I really like that. I like that. He gets that out of the way from the beginning. Cause that's one of the first chapters and he wants to distinguish himself that he is not a motivational speaker, that he's not here to motivate you, that he's here to give you strategies and tools to improve your life. Yeah. That motivation is not enough. And he knows this. Right. So he just wants to knock that out from the beginning. I like um, bluntness up front. What was your yeah. first takeaway? Persistence. Yes. He goes into persistence. He has a whole chapter about persistence and he tells the KFC story. Now, mm-hmm. I remember specifically reading Unlimited Power back in the day when I was like 15 or 16 years old. I had to beg my mom to buy it for me. Mom, buy me this book. Buy me this book. And she bought it for me. And I remember reading about Colonel mm-hmm. Sanders in the book and how persistent he was. Mm-hmm. How persistent he was. And that was the first time that I read that story about persistence. Yeah. It was it was a wonderful, wonderful read. I love I highlighted on persistent. He said, my message to you is simple and in your heart, you know, it's true. Massive, consistent action with pure persistence and a sense of flexibility in pursuing your goals will ultimately give you what you want. But you must abandon any sense that there is no solution. So I love that he just used really strong language there. And then he quotes, God's delays are not God's denials. Yes. That's a quote in the book. Yeah. So it's a full chunk of these little tidbits and takeaways that you've seen the little memes and the little quotes from him, but he puts the rest of the context into it, mm-hmm. which really amplifies this. What else you got? Questions. Questions. He talked about the power of questions. And he talked about the gentleman who survived a Nazi war camp because he was a very, a very traumatic moment where he can see victims of the hatred right in front of him piled up. Bodies can smell it. And he literally asked himself, he was tempted to say, why would God do this? Why would God let such a thing happen? But he flipped the question and said, how can I, how can this help me survive in this moment? And he came up with a plan and he stripped down and he climbed on top of the bodies, waited. And basically it was his escape route. Um, he was taken to where they were disposing of the bodies and he was able to escape from there. 
very quietly. So very big story that if you don't know more about that, you do need to just research it. Um, it's it's amazing. Victor but, Frankel. Yes, thank you. And um, of course, summarize very quickly here, but it's a very large way to say the questions you ask yourself run your life. And that just means simply, if you ask yourself an empowering question, you'll get an empowering answer. If you ask yourself a disempowering question, you're going to get a disempowering answer. So it all comes down to, you know, so if you're sitting there saying like, why would this happen to me? Your brain's going to come up with answers. Instead, you could say like, how is this helping me? Your brain's going to come up with answers. So what you do with those answers shapes your entire life. Yes. Yeah. And to learn more about that, check out Victor Frankl, A Man's Search for Meaning. Yes. Thank you. Victor Frankel, A Man's Search for Meaning. We should read that. We should. We should. Actually, we should read that and do a review on that. Yes. And as far as in the questions section, he also has his morning questions, his morning power questions, and his evening power questions in yeah. here. And yeah. let me go through these real quick. Number one, I'm going to just kind of, there's like, it's a pretty good chunk here. So I'm just going to paraphrase here. Number one, what am I happy about in my life right now? What about that makes me happy? How does that make me feel? What am I excited about in my life right now? What about that makes me excited? How does that make me feel? What am I proud about in my life right now? What about that makes me proud? How does that make me feel? Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Can't you just sense the feeling of marinating in the good feelings? It's not saying the bad don't exist. It's just saying... Are you creating an effective system? Questions are what makes it effective. So, yes. Yeah, I love that one. Okay. Uh, what yeah. else you got, Courtney? Okay, I got state. Welcome to the great state of you. Uh, so, lesson seven is all about just your state, your movement, your everything. But I'm going to read you a point at the beginning and then I want to get your thoughts because it's such a big topic. But we all must realize that emotion is created by motion. The way we move, the way we think, feel, behave. Movement affects our body's chemistry, including everything from more physical activities such as running, clapping, or jumping to the smallest movements such as muscles in the face. So the simple mm. power of a smile, the simple power of a frown, of <laughs> RBF, <laughs> you know, anyway. But these things, th these things are contributing to your emotions and your emotions are contributing to your beliefs and your beliefs are running your life. So just pause and really analyze where you are. But I know you have something to add on state. So what do you state got? State is everything, Courtney. State is everything. Mindset is everything, but so is state. If you can't control your state, you can't control anything. Yeah. You Bingo. have to control your state. Mm -hmm. And he gives this amazing peanut gallery cartoon. And this one, I, it came out in 1960. But I'm going to read to you this peanut gallery cartoon. So basically, uh, one of the kiddos is sitting down. He's like, well, this is my depressed stance. And Sally walks up, or I guess he's explaining it to Sally. But he says, when you're depressed, it makes a difference how you stand. The worst thing that you can do is straighten up and hold your head high because you'll start feeling better. So if you're going to get any joy out of being depressed, you got to stand like this. And he's hunching over. And he's uh, it's, it's basically the idea that we do depression. We don't necessarily are permanently depressed. Okay. But the way we move our body, we hunch down the way we talk softer, the way we hesitate when we talk, we aren't as confident, you know, all of these muscle movements, thoughts, beliefs add up to a state called depression. Okay. Mm. And so anyway, it's just a tongue in cheek 
you know, opposite little cartoon of it that I just loved and I'd never seen that before. But yeah, Charlie Brown knows. Come on. If Charlie Brown knows that if you stand up straight, you automatically feel better. Well, if you stand up straight, that will affect how you breathe. If it'll affect how your shoulders are, it will affect the level of your chin. If you've never heard that before, like keep your head high, don't keep it down. That's kind of naturally subconsciously telling yourself you're not as worthy for as your equals around you, where if you keep your chin up too high, high up, others around you will subconsciously think that you're kind of snooty. You're, you know, just real full of yourself. So it's, it's a level of your chin if you research it, believe it or not, but just keep your head high. And that has, a, it just sets up your entire spine structure and from then on. And so if you pay attention to that, you can really change your actual state. Boom. For those of you who haven't done it right now, for whatever you're doing, if you're driving down the road, if you're sitting down listening to us, if you're walking around, take a deep breath real quick in through your nose, out through your mouth. And sit like you would sit if you were powerful. What does that powerful person look like? Did that automatically just change something? It did for me. Mm -hmm. Stand like you stand if you're powerful. Walk like you walk when you're powerful. What does that look like? What does that feel like? What does that sound like? It's crazy how you automatically feel bigger. Like with just changing your posture. And that's just the tip of the iceberg when it comes to state. Yeah. Because we all know what a powerful stance looks like. We might not be sitting there, but if we automatically just think, what would I, how would I sit? How would I walk? How would I stand when I am in a powerful state? That changes everything. Mm-hmm. Boom. Boom. All right. Yes. Let's go on. The power of decision, Courtney. Ah, decision. He goes into the power of decision. And he, one of the best quotes here is, when you make a real decision, you draw a line. Oh, shoot. I can't read my own handwriting. (laughs) When you make a real decision, you draw a line and it's not in the sand, but in cement. Mm -hmm. You draw a line in the cement when you make a decision because it all starts with a decision. Mm -hmm. You made a decision to listen to this podcast. You made a decision to share this video. It all starts with a decision. It all starts with a decision, which leads to the desire to be a better person, to dive into material, to grow, to learn, to just be better. Yeah. And I love one of my favorite moments of every UPW I'm at is when he first brings up this lesson of decision. And he basically, the first thing out of his mouth, he's like, it comes from the Greek word incision, which means to cut, to cut, to cut. And then he goes into the burn the boat situation or scenario and lesson, which that just to bring that up is how do you take the island? You burn the boats. If you have the option to retreat back to your boat and go home, are you really going to conquer the island? No, you're not. So it's just, I always picture this little stream. Like if you split, you could force water to go anywhere because it's osmosis, right? But the pressure of having two little streams because you put something in the middle and force the water to go two directions, it's so weak. Whereas if you put all the water pressure in one direction, it's it's so amplified, you know? So uh, uh, decision. Decision is powerful. Massive. You just got to decide. What's one decision that you can make right now that you've been putting off for a long time? What's that one decision? And it all starts. with. 
one decision and that decision starts with you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So having the courage to make a decision. And I do want to point out while we're on this subject, because public service announcement, if I don't know yet, or hmm, I'm not sure, that's a decision too. So don't mm. stay there too long. Whatever you have to do to get to your core, to get to your answer, to get to your intuition that gives you that certainty, whatever, do it. We're not saying like, don't address it. But yeah, if you're pausing and pending and living your life in an I don't know area and oh, I'll decide eventually, that's a choice too. And that is dictating is. your life too. The power of focus. Yes. It gives us an introduction on the power of focus. Focus manages your state. Yes. It does. What are you focusing on? It's It literally picks your direction. Like it literally picks your direction. If you focus on how bad the last five years were, you're going to have the same next five years or worse. It's going to be amplified. Whereas if you just focus on what gifts did that five years of pain give me and what can I do with that and how can I pay it forward. And how can I, whew, you're going to have such a different life over your next five years. It's not even funny. And so it's just, you, you get what you focus on. You get what you focus on. There's no yes. other way to say it. Okay. So let me give you a real life example. Yesterday, last night, even not even yesterday, last night, um, the week of February 15th here in North Texas in the Dallas area, we were hit by a huge snowstorm that we weren't prepared for rolling blackouts and all of these things, right? Mm -hmm. To learn more about that, go check out our previous episode, Unexpected Lessons from Unexpected Experiences. Yes. It's down below somewhere in our feed there. However, the house is still a mess. The, the house is still looked like a tornado came through and hit it. Mm -hmm. And yes, it's been a week. You know, Jesse is not feeling too great this week. She's had a couple of back issues this week. And where did my focus go? My focus was going into the mess. My focus mm -hmm. was going into the carpet and the stuff and the blankets still all laid up on the couch where we were all sleeping like a family. My focus was on all the stuff on the floor and all the game boards and cards and everything that's still out from when we were snowed in, literally snowed in, mm -hmm. right? And the candles still out all over the place, unlit, but they're still there. We put blankets on the windows because we wanted we wanted to conserve the heat and we didn't want the heat to get out, right? Mm -hmm. So all of this stuff is still up. And that's my that was my focus. So what was happening to me when I was focusing on that? I started to get irritated. I just see his nerves going up and up and up. Yes, I like it it was building up. It was building up. It was building up. And one of the things with focus is that the more you focus on one thing, the more you see things that are similar. Mhm. Mm that's just how it is. So if I start to focus on the blankets being on the couch and I'm like, oh, we still haven't cleaned this up. Mm -hmm. There you go. Now I'm looking for more things that we haven't cleaned up. Mm -hmm. I'm still looking for things that are still not where they're supposed to be since the snowstorm. And if you were to describe your house to somebody in this state, in this state being the key word, you would describe it as messy and not put together, like you would literally describe the image of your house as somebody. Whereas a week ago, what would you have said if I'd be like, okay, well, describe your household. And you'd be like, you know, honestly, we're, I'm proud of Jesse and I, I'm proud of Sebastian. I'm proud. We, we did this. We found new ways to be entertained, whatever, you know, it'd have Correct. a totally different answer. So like just to highlight what he's pointing out, the focus literally can change like what you, your opinion of your whole home your definition of home, you know? So 
focus on the it's a big thing. Yeah. It's a game changer. And man, yeah, I lost it. I lost my shh. I lost it. <laughs> I lost it. Did but you it find was all it? because of yeah, I found <laughs> it. But it was all because of my focus. Oh, it was all because of my Jesse's focus. That's the power of focus. Love your that's wife. the power of that's the power of focus, though. Yeah, it truly right. is. What else you got? Okay, vocabulary. So, of course, when we got to lesson eight, I was like, thank you, Tony. My favorite thing is spelling words. words. Just And you've heard me say it again, guys, but I will say every episode we talk about this. That's why they call it spelling, because you're energetically casting a spell. So your self-talk is everything. Literally, 95% of all thoughts you have are subconscious, are literally running on loop because that's what you've focus on and that wait will you tell me again oh i said 95 95 yeah yeah 95 percent. so that just any if you back up five percent of your conscious thoughts you only have control of five percent like guys if that doesn't make you want to wake up and take a peek at how your subconscious is running your life i don't know what will but anyway sorry on my tangent there a little passionate about this so i will quote tony and the power of vocabulary So he summarizes as, if you say you're angry, pissed off, devastated, what kind of feelings are you going to have? What kind of questions will you be asking yourself? What will you be focusing on? What won't your blood pressure be through the roof? But suppose instead of angry, you're peeved. Instead of overwhelmed, you're in demand. Instead of pissed off, you're tinkled. (laughs) Instead of irritated, you're stimulated. Instead of rejected, you're misunderstood. Said devastated, you're mildly annoyed. Do you think if you would those make you start feeling different? You better believe it. And then another one I've heard in the last year is I'm not overwhelmed, I'm maximized. I think Tony mm. gave us that on one of the virtual events. And so it it's so big. So if you're sitting there saying, like, oh, I'm screwed, I don't have any time, like that, and your body believes you, you're you're 95 years percent of your subconscious, it's like, okay. She said, we're screwed. All right, let's line up some, you know, not being able to handle our issues tomorrow because this is what we affirm today. So it just all adds up. So it's literally every line you're telling yourself stack times a thousand is what your life is. Yes. I say that with love. I've turned mine around. Look, I used to be on a negative loop times a hundred. So talk to me if you need more help in this area. Um, I'm definitely, uh, more of a little bit of a graceful one where Ricardo's very like, get it done, get it very relentless. But like this subject runs both of those modes. If you understand where we're going with this. Yes. The examples that he gives in the book, like he, this is a little bitty chapter too. This is such a little bitty chapter. One of the wonderful things about this book is that on the personal power CD or the ultimate edge CD, this is about an hour long lesson. He goes into immense detail. And in this book, he just summarizes it in what, about a five-minute chapter? Mm-hmm. Now, yeah. it is summarized. So, But if you want the additional content, you get the additional programs. But I'll tell you the story where he talked about tw- being twinkled and peeved. He was in a meeting with some business partners, and they were not upset over a business deal where they got cheated. They got robbed. This guy literally embezzled hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars from them. And when the guys weren't reacting, he was upset, but it was because he kept on telling himself, I'm so mad. I'm so pissed. And the other guys were like, eh, I'm a little, twi- I'm a little twinkled. <laughs> He's like, what? What? Mm-hmm. And then his, he came to the realization that maybe they don't feel those emotions 
because they don't use that language. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Man, that's yeah. big. Like, oh, and I remember that's where, well, he tells another story about um, driving. I don't know. He had a couple hours of a road trip somewhere and basically had just gotten news that somebody had completely misused his name. Let's just say that. And then basically said like, oh, Tony won't be showing up at the last minute where they sold all these tickets in his name. But he said no from the get go. He wasn't going to be able to participate in that. And so he got word as he's going to another big event on the way in his car driving from somewhere in California and somewhere in California. I don't remember. But basically he has to show up in a good state to where he's going, but he just got devastating news that's going to hurt his name in the, you know, like all kinds of stuff. So all these thoughts or fears are running at hyper speed at that time. And so he started with the layering, the layering. And so he just kept thinking of moments of gratitude and would just send them to himself so fast and stack and stack. Okay. Well, give me moments. I'm proud of myself. Okay. Well, remind me of magic moments with my partner, with my family and just stack and stack and do it faster. And so he leads you through an exercise that is much better explained at UPW. Uh, that's amazing. And it'll bring happy tears to your face when you complete the exercise, but it's, it's a flood exercise. You flood yourself with these moments to focus on. So what you're doing exactly what Ricardo and Tony are explaining, you just are shifting your focus but you're giving it all your certainty. So it changes your emotions like that. Well, maybe not like that when it's that big of a deal. But I mean, he jokes about now it's 90 seconds of suffering, not 90 days, you know, like it used to be. It's so you still feel the emotions. Don't ignore valid emotions, but flip them into something, turn them into something. There's a wonderful video. I'll link to it in the description of the podcast. And just do go to YouTube, do a search for Oprah. Tony Robbins, Emotional Flood. And it will pop up. It's from the Oprah Super Soul Session or whatever it is, or Super Soul, one of her seminars. And he did just a really brief example of that. It's about five, six minutes. It's powerful. It's short. And it'll really give you a taste for what we're talking about with the emotional flooding exercise. Again, I'll link down below in the description of this podcast directly, or you can just go to youtube.com and do a search for Oprah. Tony Robbins, Emotional Flood. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And use it. It's a tool. Use it. Okay. I want to talk about metaphors. All right, go. You tease me about metaphors. So I was like, I love that there's a chapter on this. Okay, so uh, we use metaphors all the time. Like, I'm up against a wall. I'm at the end of my rope. I can't break through. My head is about to burst. I'm at a crossroads. I'm struck out. All kinds. We can keep going. So literally, back to the vocabulary, your brain It doesn't, your brain's job is not to make you happy. Your brain's job is not to be like, hey, Courtney, that's not on track with what you want. That's going to knock you off track. No, your brain's just literally, is this going to kill me? Does this fit into a pattern I've seen before? And if it's something that does look like something from your past, you're going to delete, distort, and generalize to fit it into that pattern, whether it's true or not, just because your brain wants to support you surviving. So if you then look at a metaphor where you're like, oh, I'm screwed, you know, your brain's gonna be like, you're right, you are. We need to figure this out. And you're just gonna step into that reality when it was one, you literally like it, you drew, drew it right here and drew, I don't know, like some artists, you know, think of a cartoon and then you get to step into that reality. Like that's what you're doing with your words and your metaphors. And when every time you say, I don't have time, every time you say like happiness is hard to maintain or all these little lines that just come out, 
it's running your life. So um, the one I did highlight, though, metaphors make a difference. Behind every metaphor is a system of beliefs. Behind every metaphor is a system of beliefs, you guys. When you choose a metaphor to describe your life or your situation, you choose the beliefs it supports too. Like, if that doesn't blow your mind, um, maybe you're not listening, okay? So this is why you want to be careful about the way you describe your world to yourself and to everyone else, okay? Oh, so that just, uh, I think that says is all, but like that was such a huge deal to me. It's huge. So, it's yes. huge. So again, all of this information is in the Tony Robbins book, Notes from a Friend. Yes. Less than 100 pages. Great introduction to his work, to his material. If you've been thinking about attending an event, if you're intimidated by the books, or if you've been to the events, if you've read the books and you just need an overall refresher that's a quick read, this book is for you. Yeah, it's amazing. This book is for you. I got a story about this. Okay. So this is also great to to read for to kids. So if you're looking for a book to read to your to your infants, even like the young kids. My Sebastian is seven and a half and I read this book to him and I pulled it back out recently to read it because I started to read to him. I started to read Think and Grow Rich and some other books, but I was like, okay, I need something a little bit more simple. So I pulled this out to read to him. So I opened it up and I start reading the first chapter and it's about the, the basket brigade, about the guy that came to feed his family. And he's he looked at me. He's like, "Dada." He's so I taught him to raise his hand when he asked questions because otherwise we would be. It would take us an hour to read a five minute chapter. So he'll raise his hand. And he's like raising it higher. And I'm like, "Yes, Sebastian." He's like, "He's like Dada." That sounds like Tony Robbins. Aww. And I'm like, I'm like. He, I, he apparently he didn't see the cover. Yeah, so, I was about to say, man, but, just good job. But just, by, but just by reading him the description, he's like, that, that sounds like Tony Robbins. And I was like, Sebastian, it is Tony Robbins. It is his story. He's like, it is? He's like, oh my God, you're reading me, Tony Robbins? Aww. You're reading me, Tony Robbins? And I was like, oh, uh. look at that little face. If only. <laughs> That's amazing. Oh, okay. It That's was, really it, it was It was great. It was great. I love how right. exciting. Okay. Big shout out to the other book, to the daily book, yes. Giant Steps. This one is 365 bite-sized. Bite <laughs> yes. Well, 365 <laughs> daily lessons in self-mastery is what it Thank says you. here. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> but small changes to make a big difference. Okay. Yes. And we are 57 days into the year. I'm an insurance. I'm good at dueling dates. Okay. So we're going to read it. So, and it fits in perfectly with everything we talked about. So has anyone ever told you, you have a bright future? How did that make you feel? What if somebody were to say to you that your future's dark or that your plan sounds great versus it cries out for improvement or that your new roommate gives me the creeps or my new roommate's really cool. The difference is not just in words, but in the feelings that they produce. People who speak in terms of a bright or dark future are operating in a visual mode, being affected most by what they see. Other people are influenced more by what they hear, like sounds and cries that are auditory, and others' feelings are the most crucial, crucial in how they perceive things. So this gives me the creeps or this feels cool. These are kinesthetic. So which of these modes most often applies to your focus? 
but as well, he, you know, just the highlighting of you have choices. You have choices at every moment. You literally have choices. Yes, what is happening in your life might be happening, but you can choose the meaning you apply to it. You can choose the lessons you take or don't take from it. You can repeat the lesson for the rest of your life because you don't get it. These are all choices. Okay. So we love you. We just, we, these are where our lives have completely changed. Thanks to Tony Robbins and granted we can do a lot more episodes. Let us know what y'all want to hear. I guess also let us know like what you're curious of and how it's changed your life. Like let's start more ripples. You guys. One of the great things about that giant steps book is it's undated. So you can pick it up at any time and start on day one. Mm Mm-hmm. On the first section, because it's undated. Like a lot of these other 365 books, they start on January 1st and then on December 31st. And some of the think some some people love that, and that's great. But some of the thinking behind that is also, oh, I'll get that book at the end of the year and start on January. Mm-hmm. Right? Unless you're just willing to start on a random day. But that book in particular, you can start at any day, at any time, because it's undated and it just won. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I love the, I, I kind of use it as like an intuition test. I don't, I've heard this reference to the Bible as well. You just kind of speak out loud what you want help with or speak out loud what you're focusing on repairing. And you just kind of flip. And when you get a difference in feeling, stop and read that and see if it resonates. You know, so try your books out like that. Like maybe just play around with it. Get creative. Like you don't have to use it like, oh, it's uh, February 26th. Let's go to page 57. I just did that because, you know, here we are. But just get creative with like what what does resonate. I say take two steps farther into it and get creative with it. Innovate. Yeah. Boom. Done and done. Yes. Great episode. Make sure you pick up notes from a friend. Yes. Giant steps. Links in the comment to everything that we talked about. Links in the description of the podcast. Yes. So thank you so much for tuning in. Remember to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Force for Growth. And remember to be a force for good. A force for growth. And a force for greatness. Yes. Thank you, guys. Bye.